Hello and welcome to your GG Replay for Black Friday, November 26, 2021. GG Replay is, of course, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday show where we break down the latest in gaming news hosted by us, the Goodnight Groups, a place for games and a place for deals. Whoa. Uh, yeah, we're still working on the slogan here, but uh, my name is Paul, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt. I am, of course, in Canada, so I'm not really, you know, we, we adopted Black Friday about a decade ago, but, you know, we have a different Thanksgiving, so it's a, it's a little bit different of a vibe here, but Matt, how are you doing today, and how was your tea givies? I'm great. Tea givies was a good day of food, friends, family. Oh. No, it was great. It was great though. It, <laughs> it was legitimately good. We we had, did Thanksgiving with uh, my wife's family. Had a lot of good food. Drank a lot of good wine. And oh, yeah. today we're doing Thanksgiving with my side of the family. So kind of doubling up here, getting a bunch of good. F- now today's going to be the day where we come home with leftovers because it's yeah. it's a home cooked meal. Yesterday was a restaurant type setting. Ooh, so today we're do doing the the home cooked stuff. Going to come back with a bunch of Tupperware containers of leftovers and i'm gonna be good for the entire next week at work for uh for lunch so i'm excited about that that's cool i like that the you know one side did the restaurant thing one side did the home cooked thing because then i feel like you're not like having two big like home cooked meals Mm, like a specific style and also it's like you don't have to compare because like that was a restaurant thing so it's not like oh yeah you know yeah that's a good my mom kicked ass on the potatoes your mom stinks (laughs) it's a good point Uh, it's it's always been this way but between the the families yeah and uh yeah i you're right it it is good that it that lines up that way and i i'm i'm one of the traditional like i always need turkey for thanksgiving but yesterday i uh forewent that at the restaurant got a steak instead so i'm doing 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 the home the home cooked turkey today that's cool you know i think uh, i think friday thanksgiving is a good day too i think it's a, a good way to do it so yeah uh, mazel tov on your your wonderful thanksgiving uh <laughs> i don't think that's uh part of that all right, let's get into the show. Today is our special Black Friday show. Um, basically means there wasn't as much news. So, uh, you know, we're going to banter a little bit. And also, uh, you know, I have some some little special deals and things to talk about here. Not that I'm giving anyone, but just, uh, just shouting them out. So uh, let's get right into the show. First off, just a reminder, uh, corrections and comments. Uh, Matt, actually, you have uh, a correction yourself, I believe, right? I do. I'm correcting myself. And I, th- I think I knew this deep down in my heart, Paul, but... You can't always be right. Just admit that you didn't know it. <laughs> I wasn't on the last episode. It was Mike mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in for me. So this actually goes back to the episode before that. Monday. Where I referenced Brawlhalla being an indie game. It's actually published by Ubisoft. So not really an indie game. Maybe. I didn't really look into it. Maybe it kind of started that way and Ubisoft scooped it up. But I'm not really sure exactly on that. Anyway, Brawlhalla... Uh, has some decent backing, so they they've got some help there. Yeah, so that that makes sense why they could facilitate a deal like that uh, more easily with the Street Fighter crossover, which is why we were talking about it. So makes some sense there. Uh, all right, uh, just to let, let you know at home, if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, please send them to ggreplayshow at gmail dot com or uh, well, that's it. So we can address them in the next episode, or I don't know, like send us a snail mail. Um, you don't know where we are, but uh, you know, I'll give you Matt's address. It is no. <laughs> just put just put goodnight groups on the front of the letter, and and it'll make its way there. Like when you put Santa Claus North Pole, it'll it'll find its way. H O H O H O. Um, oh, sorry, that was the Canada thing because we have a six. We have our we have our um, postal codes, mm-hmm. and so there's always a thing right to Santa North Pole. H O H O H O. Oh, okay. Uh, which even though yeah, that is funny. Cute. Yeah, it's cute. Um, 
<laughs> just write uh, Goodnight Groove's Care of the Internet. All right. Let us move onwards. First off, just a little shout out for uh, us over here at GG Replay. Uh, we just found out we are number 210 in Finland. So hell in, yeah. In the video games category. In, in the video games category. Uh, <laughs> still pretty good, though. Honestly, I, I will tell you, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. We got to cross a lot of uh, barriers here to get uh, maybe, you know, to un- crack the top 200 in Finland in video games specifically. But we're working on it. We're working on it. I, I knew I always loved Finland. I, yeah. Deep down in my heart, I always knew it. You know what, everyone out there, we're not finished yet. So we're not finished yet. We're <laughs> oh god, it's, Jesus! Yeah, it's okay. Don't please anyone in Finland. Don't stop listening, please. Uh, I feel like it's just one of you, and that's all it takes to get 210. <laughs> but I please, we love you out there. All right, let's move on. We have a couple deals to talk about. It's Black Friday, and I felt like the show would not be right if we didn't talk about some deals right now. So first off, I just wanted to go through a couple all time highs uh, or all-time lows rather <laughs> these games are the highest they've ever been in price no <laughs> uh some all-time lows first off gears 5 right now is 75 percent off 10 bucks on steam right now that's a pickup obviously it's free Still on game pass i think for 10 bucks <laughs> for gears 5 like it's not something i'm like running out to play but if you're a gears of war like hardcore fan i mean you probably bought it already but it, it's worth it might be worth 10 bucks i think if you're looking for a fun shooter to get into. no yeah i'm joking bucks. around I'm joking 10 bucks i i just wanted to ruin your joke man so sorry there was some other cool stuff here too uh new world <laughs> if you're if you're for some reason looking to get in new world new world's at a historical low it's 25 percent off 30 bucks um down from 40 it's the lowest it's been. So there you go. Um, probably because Amazon needs some money. And the only way they make money right now really is box sales. Uh, and no one wants to play the game. So we talked about this uh, on Wednesday's GG Replay with Mike. Uh, yeah. So maybe don't buy it. But I'm shutting out the deal anyway. Um, also, Inscription, which we talked about uh, in the review section of the show a little while ago. But it's becoming kind of like an indie darling here, Inscription. And that one is down 20% to $16, which is pretty cool. Uh, Ori Will of the Wisps, down to 10 bucks, just under 10 bucks for 67% off, which is awesome. Torchlight 3, 10 bucks, 75% off. You know, this is some great stuff. Um, if you're really looking to play a game where you pretend to type to someone in high school, Emily is a way to... 99 cents right now, 80% off, which is pretty good. I played the first, I think the first one of that game, Emily's Away, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and finally, all-time lows. I'm, I'm sure there's some other ones, but what I see here, Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, again, this is a game that's on Game Pass and stuff like that, but 50% off, 15 bucks. I've heard it's a pretty great game, probably worth the $15 pickup if that's something you're into. Um, you know, it, you mentioned yeah. Inscription early on. That game's gotten a lot of love. It's, a lot of love. From what I've, from what I understand, it's just a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. And if the Game Awards, like Jeff Keighley's show, if it wasn't essentially only like AAA, AAA, not even necessarily AAA, but like just games with big publishers yeah. um, being in the nominees for Game of the Year, I think if that weren't the case, Inscription would probably be up there this year. Yeah, totally true. Didn't am I crazy that Celeste won Game of the Year at some point? No, right? It didn't. It didn't win for uh, game. Game of the yeah. Uh, it was a nominee. It was yeah, okay. a nominee. It lost. Uh, oh, God of War won that year. God of War, right? I remember it was a nominee, and a lot of people were. Yeah, it was a whole thing, and people were like really championing it because of the mental health stuff, and they 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 milked it hard at the show. I remember they talked about it a lot. 
That was a big year. 2018, mm-hmm. the nominees for Game of the Year that year, God of War 1, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, also, a couple special shout-outs. This is some stuff I saw on Steam that's cool. I don't know if it's all-time lows, but it's really good pricing. Cyberpunk 2077 is 50% off. 50% off? It's pretty good. And th- you said, w- w- what store is this on? Uh, Steam. It's fine. It's been fine on PC since launch. So if you can get it for half off, go. (laughs) It's a good game. I've seen a lot of people, you know, I mean, if you can deal with some of the bugs and there's some fixes to that stuff now, I'm not saying it's a perfect game, but the main story from what I've heard is pretty darn good. Uh, The world is pretty enveloping. Obviously, again, like side missions, you know, it's not a complete game, not just in bugs, but also in like it's not a fully fleshed out open world. I think a lot of people say as much as some games where you could spend, you know, hundreds, thousands of hours in it. But that being said, um, uh, you know, it sounds like it's a pretty awesome built world that they built. So definitely check it out. Um, it, speaking of something that is really, really perfect, RDR 2, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is 50% off right now in Steam. Um, that's also a pretty great get. Um, doesn't usually get much lower than that. Um, Half-Life Alex, 50% off. Um, this is one I saw that was really, really cool. Um, Deathloop is 50% off right now on Steam. Yeah. I think for 50% off, that starts to become pretty tempting. Because I know it, I know it got mixed. You know, I, I know it came out, and, it's, and there's still a lot of people saying it could be game of the year, blah blah blah. blah. But I think mostly players have kind of realized it doesn't have the legs to necessarily be a game of the year. But fifty percent off, that almost kind of comes into the the territory of like a like a really good double A game or something like that. You know, here's the thing: I bought Deathloop on launch on PS5. So much other stuff came up at the time. And Mike was doing the review for it, so yeah. I kind of put it off to the wayside. I really wish I had not bought Deathloop at that time and just waited. Yeah. yeah. If I had known that I wasn't really going to play it, you know, I, I will. I am planning to get to it, but I really wish at this point I had waited and bought it now fifty percent off on PC too, because I I prefer playing, you know, first person type games like that on PC, even though it's not like some competitive shooter. I still prefer it. And now I have it on PS5 for the launch price. So that kind of sucks. I wish I had waited. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be. I mean, I've always, well, not always, but I've been this way for a few years. And I, and I think that's one of the main reasons. Uh, but I'm trying to be a patient gamer more because I just feel that I often don't get to games when they launch anyway. Like even when I buy it, I end up not playing it because other stuff comes up or something else. So I, I often just wait now. It's very rare that I buy a game for full price on launch, but it depends. Um, but you know, not to say that no one else should. Um, and last one I'll shout out just because in case you want to check it out for, um, purposes of game of the year, uh, Rex or anything like that, it takes two is 38% off right now, which is pretty great. So, um, that game is, I'm looking at Canadian pricing, so it's uh, 34 bucks, but I think it's like probably like what, like 25 to 30, somewhere in there. So pretty good, good stuff to check out. So if you want to kind of check out some stuff that might be game of the year or just some awesome open world games, there's a lot of deals right now. Obviously I'm just scratching the surface. Those were just some stuff that I saw that really uh, stood out to me. Um, and some of the best-selling games, but uh, definitely, I mean, I'm sure you're already out there. So, Paul, we take this for granted, but like, even just really like ten years ago, for these Black yeah. Friday deals for games, I had to actually like go to Walmart yeah. in the middle of the night <laughs> to, yeah. to go get it. But now they're like week-long sales, and they're on the digital storefronts, and it's so much easier, and I can just get it whenever, and I'm. It makes me more tempted to, to actually buy multiple games instead of just one or two. It's I love how much simpler it is nowadays. And I think we take that for granted. 
Yeah, that that's why I'm a patient gamer now. I think too, and I saw people. I saw someone say that recently on the patient gamer subreddit, subreddit, um, which was, you know, because of all these digital sales now being so readily available, you know, I can just kind of watch a game, see how the price goes. I don't have to go anywhere. Eventually, when it drops to a price I like, I can pick it up. That kind of thing. It's a lot easier. I feel like before when the games just came out at the store, you had no idea if they drop. You'd have to like go to GameStop like every week just to see if the game is like you know discounted really. Or yeah. You have to look online, but then you have to go to your local store see if they. Have. It's a whole call thing. them up, give them a phone call. Right, and and I think that's not really the same. But I think now that you can just kind of wait, and you know a lot of games go on fifty percent off. Like Deathloop just came out a couple months ago. That's fifty percent off, and that happens a lot now too. Um, some games come out. Uh, what was it the other day? I saw, I saw something that just came out recently, and it was like discounted. I don't know. I, this happens a lot with, especially with like big indies. Weirdly, I feel like yeah, um, where they come out and they're immediately like twenty percent off. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and that's that. yeah. So that happens too. So there's a lot of stuff like that, and it's cool to see in the digital store. So I'm this uh, Thanksgiving thankful for uh, digital storefronts. <laughs> I bet I bet Far Cry Six is on sale somewhere. So check that out. If, I if bet. You're interested. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Although Ubisoft games are weird. Sometimes they discount a lot and sometimes they, they don't, but I don't know. And sometimes it's on their own proprietary store. Yep. I didn't. I purposely didn't check that when I was looking at historical lows because I was like, I don't want to tell anyone to go buy something on the Ubisoft store. <laughs> um, all right. I'm, of course, talking about PC, too. There's uh, We talked about recently in the show earlier in the week, the Xbox and PS and PlayStation games, too, on the store. So check that out. All right. Matt, let's get into the meat of the show here. The reviews are in, Matt. Well, they're 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 in. I mean, it's for a game we've already talked about, but it's worth mentioning uh, that Battlefield 2042 has dropped a considerable amount since we initially talked about it, enough that it's probably worth mentioning. Uh, this game started, I think, when Mike and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. It was 82. 82. Yep. Uh, now, Battlefield 2042 is down to 67 on Open Critic. Uh, which is a pretty big drop. I like how you wrote 82. I was trying to remember it. Um, <laughs> down to 67. So it's a big drop. That's uh, 15 points uh, in, the, in the game here. Yeah, I feel like you you had a really good point um, about public perception affecting reviews. If you want to go off on that, that was interesting. Yeah. So when it was in 82, it was before it was in the hands of the public. And then all of a sudden you had that one week period where it was the people who bought like the gold edition or at game pass ultimate or EA play or whatever. And they had the 10 hour access or whatever it was. If, if you bought it, you had full access for that week leading up to the actual launch of the game. And then we found out what the game really was and it <laughs> yeah. was a buggy mess. It was uh, just broken. It, it didn't have the same spirit of older battlefield games. And then all of a sudden the reviews started coming in after that and they were all much more negative. So yeah, the public perception changed how, you know, changed the trajectory of the review scores, which I think it goes to show, as we talked about before, review scores can be really inflated. And I don't yeah. know, that can be for many, many different reasons. I won't go into all of those. I won't get into like conspiracies of like <laughs> friend, friends in the industry trying to watch each other's backs, that kind of stuff. But it shows you that later on, when reviews came out after the game was in the hands of the public, they realized, well, we can't actually give this a good score because it's not true. It's not actually a good game. It is broken. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I think it, this was so obvious that it that we should now see just how how much early review scores can be inflated. 
And it was the same with Cyberpunk too. I mean, that was pretty much the exact same thing. A lot of the secondhand reviews after the fact were much more negative. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I thought that too. Initially, when you said that, I thought it was like you were saying it as a negative thing that like people were going to, you know, the reviewers were going to pile on like because the, or uh, because of what the public's saying. But I think it makes total sense that once there's more uh, people to test out the game, to try out different things, once we have a bigger sample size to see that maybe a reviewer had a glitch and they didn't think it was a big deal. Um, but once we see that the glitches are on mass, it, it means something different than just one person getting it. So, yeah, I think it's a really, really cool point to make. All right, we have one more review uh, for a game that we. I was just waiting. I was begging for this to get um, a full amount. Uh, for we have a threshold for at least eight reviews on on Open Critic to talk about it. Farming Simulator 2022 got a 74 on Open Critic. It's out now. Uh, well, you know what? This actually had a much higher score. I think uh, when it had fewer reviews, but now that there's more reviews, it's lowered. Uh, if you want to play a farming simulator, I don't know. I feel like some of the older ones had better scores um, that I remember looking at. I think I remember seeing 18 or 19 had like a pretty high score, like in the 80s. So I don't know. I, I, I'll i be honest. I didn't do my research about what made this one bad. Maybe it was a bad crop yield and they had to bake that into the game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe they're trying to push more microtransactions or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of these simulator... not. It's interesting. It's a wide variety. Some of these simulator games do a lot. Like uh, the train simulator has like tens of thousands of dollars in DLC. Whereas there you have other ones that like it's just this is our game. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the full thing. So I don't know what the case is with farming simulator. I'm totally speculating that maybe they added more microtransaction type stuff or more DLC. Or maybe it felt in incom- maybe it feels incomplete. And and it's like a sieve situation where those games are always incomplete on launch and then the DLC really makes the game better. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, I honestly have always like had a weird desire to try farming simulator. I just know that getting in, I'll be so overwhelmed and have no idea what's going on because I actually know nothing about farming. (laughs) So once I get in, I won't know any, won't have any idea what to do, but from, from the outside, it looks interesting. You know what? I actually played a little bit of farming simulator during the pandemic. I I won't say like a, it sounds like I played for like a week or two. I didn't, I played for like a day, but the, the day I played was really, really fun. Um, I spent probably three or four hours. I got really obsessed with it because it's a game pass. Yeah, it was on Game Pass. I think it was 18 or 19 Farming Simulator uh, or maybe 20. Anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I just got in my tractor and kind of rolled up and down and called my thing. You know, what was really fun is you can go into town with your, like your pickup truck or even Ooh. like your your tra- your tractor with all your stuff on the back. And you can go and like drop off your your stuff at like a processing plant and you can just drive around and do some stuff. So that was cool. kind of it was cool. And you could go and like park in front of your house with your little your little shed and then you go out to your barn. And it's, it's just kind of fun that you can switch up all that kind of stuff, your different vehicles and kind of swap around and do that. And it, and it felt nice. It, it felt like a cozy little homesteading thing. Yeah, um, it sounds relaxing. It was. It was actually really relaxing. The problem was there's just too many pieces. Um, and then you can hire people and get them to do some of the pieces and like run the tractor oh, okay. and stuff, which is cool. I don't know. Again, that's where it started to fall apart. You, I think you can get in and play and, and, and mess around, um, splash around a little bit in the puddle, which is fun. Uh, but then after a, a couple hours, you realize, oh, I need to I, now I need to know something about farming. And <laughs> I was like, uh, I, I don't. How much direction do they give you? They do like give you tasks and sort of tell you what to do and have decent tutorials within that, or yeah, are you, is they, it really they, open? 
They will, but it was really it's also really open. You can like skip all that stuff and just do whatever the hell you want. You can just oh, okay. pick up any vehicle and start goofing around in it. And there's one point where there's a train that goes through town and I think you can drive the train or something. Or you can at least or you can like park the there's a whole thing. Anyway, it, it was really, really cool. Um so I don't know if this is the tra- the farming simulator to check out, but uh if you feel like checking out a farming farming simulator and you haven't never done it, it's it's a pretty fun game type. It's worth worth uh, seeing and I think there's still one on Game Pass. Cool. Yeah. All right, let's move into some stories today. There's not a lot, but listen, GG Replay is your source for gaming news. So we are going to be out here even on a Black Friday um, with only one holiday day of news to come out and try to talk about it for you because that, that's just what we do. That's our job. Uh, and we get paid. Uh, we get paid handsomely in zero dollars oh. and zero cents. Yeah, perfect. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, first off, Fozzy Mesmar, which is a fantastic name. DICE's head of design has departed the company to take a new role somewhere else. Um, yeah, this was an interesting story. I, I followed this yesterday, and um, basically some of the headlines made it seem like he was forced out because of the Battlefield 2042 launch, but that's definitely not what happened. Um, it was de- it was definitely the, the case that this happens a lot with gaming devs, especially like uh, senior devs sometimes, where, you know, they'll finish a game it took them three four years sometimes uh and then they'll move on this happens in the tech industry and gaming industry anyway people move and change jobs a lot you don't stay at somewhere for you know a decade i mean that happens in a lot of industries so that's the case here he took a senior position at a different company we don't know 100 percent yet what that is um i i wonder a little bit if after seeing what happened with battlefield 2042 they're kind of like oh like oh did we Oh, did we hire the right guy? Like, fuck, we already signed the contracts. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if anything, this is the honorable way to do it. Because you see sometimes big devs leaving mid-project. And in this case, he worked out a deal with the next place he went to and said, well, I'm going to finish Battlefield 2042 and then I'll come over and join you guys. Maybe there was something in his contract forcing him to do that. But either way, this is the right way to do this. Um, so this is probably good for all parties <laughs> because he gets to move on. He and Dice is like, well, we didn't have to force him out. He's going and doing his own thing. So yeah. we don't have to worry about getting rid of him ourselves. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like this was an interesting pickup for EA, Fozzie Mesmar, I'm, I'm speaking of, uh, because his he only joined Dice in 2019, if you look into his background, and he was a studio director at King. Uh, of course, owned by our beloved Activision Blizzard, um, <laughs> but also, uh, you know, the makers of Candy Crush. And he worked on mobile games and things like that. So that's pretty much a lot of his industry experience. And then directly after that, they hired him to run Battlefield 2042, um, which really, I think, speaks to EA's interest in microtransactions uh, and, and you know, and monetizing through through different means Uh, it's kind of funny to me after seeing something like that that they wouldn't have gone like a free-to-play route or something just because that might have been something that i feel like mr mesmar might have suggested yeah and anyway uh it was a weird it was it was a weird background to come in and run the battlefield game i think a lot of people now knowing that having looked back uh it kind of puts a little perspective possibly on why that game had so many issues (laughs) I think EA just thought that they could come in and double dip. They could yeah. get people to pay for the game and buy microtransactions. Meanwhile, they're smack dab between Call of Duty, which has a free Warzone, and Halo Infinite, which is free multiplayer. We've talked about this a million times, but 
EA really screwed themselves over here. And I don't know what this means for the future of, of Battlefield, but I have to imagine that 2042 is not even going to sell as well as uh, Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5. And I know that there are a lot of people returning this game, and I think on Steam, I think you can even go past your two hours played and they're still allowing people to return it now because it's just so broken. So I think that this is... There's some issues at Dice, and from I've also read other things about how other studios at EA are pissed that Dice yep. is like giving them a bad look, and so yeah, I don't know, man. This is this is not good for Dice no. all around. And, and I'll say too, I, just as an aside, I know there's like behind the scenes, you know, there isn't always all the bad blood that gamers make up or whatever on Reddit, but but you have to imagine right now that EA and Dice, um, like uh, you know, head, studio heads and stuff there are looking at uh, what's happening at Xbox with 343i and Phil Spencer and going, fuck you. Like, <laughs> with this early multiplayer release, we kind of joked about it cutting into Battlefield here, but with this so many issues with Battlefield and being it being so public, uh, I really, and, and it being the game early launching, right? it's clearly, like, they're adding a bunch of game modes and stuff on December 8th. It really feels like a little targeted that it came out early, and it's right in that return window, which it would have missed at December 8th yeah. for Battlefield 2042. So th- this was this was a perfect, I- I'm not saying it was specifically for that reason, but it just, it happened to fuck Battlefield up hard. <laughs> I'd like to see some numbers on that after and see if we could correlate that later. But it's, it's pretty crazy that uh, that Halo launch happened. All right, moving on. We're going to be talking about uh, a little bit of rumor here. First off, wouldn't be GG Replay without a little bit of rumor talk. Uh, according to a LinkedIn profile, <laughs> The Outer Worlds 2 has been in development since September 2019. Wow, that is early. Uh, the first game itself was only released in October 2019, so they pretty much went gold and started work on something else entirely, which is cool, uh, but also interesting. It, it makes me feel a little bit in that scenario that, we, you know, we hear a lot of stuff about Outer Worlds having been kind of, a, and, and I experienced this too a bit, having been heavy on the beginning, like the, the first act, the first planet is very cool and very fleshed out. And then that starts to really drop as the game goes on. And it feels a little bit un, not unfinished in the sense that the storylines don't, you know, tie up or anything, but unfinished in the sense that the rest of it just doesn't match that level of uh, fleshed out open world that you have at the beginning. So it's kind of an inconsistent experience in that way. And it makes me wonder a little bit if they had, you know, one foot out the door and they were already kind of focusing on what Outer Worlds 2 would be. I don't know. Matt, you know, what do you make of this? Do, do you think that might have been the case or also, you know, how soon do you think we might get Outer Worlds 2? I don't know if that was the case. It's hard for me to think that they would press fast forward on the first game because if the first game doesn't do well, then there is no second game. So I feel like they probably thought that the first game was was maybe bet a little bit better than it was or or can i counter that maybe microsoft had come in and said hey you have to have this first game done by a certain point um so you know what they went in and made sure the game was done but they knew like okay like we're not going to be able to like get as much as we wanted to in this timeline um so we're going to have to that's like, true that so let's be... already get started on two so we that's know, very like, possible we're going to do a bigger one and next then time, right? you know, two was going to be you know it's it's going to be an xbox exclusive so yeah maybe they were like just get the first one out there get that over with and then let's start working on the one that's really going to matter that's possible yeah. i think that i don't know i i said this at the time but i am very much bothered by the fact that they already teased the the outer worlds too it, it felt very elder scrolls six 
like just really unnecessary. We all know that this game is a long ways off. Make a tweet, say that we're working on it, but like you don't have to put together a, a full teaser trailer. I think that was a little bit much. I mean, this game is. Yep. I mean, I'm thinking 2024, maybe at best. I mean, this thing is a ways off. Unless it's a bit smaller, maybe it might be a 2023 thing. We don't. It's hard to say. It, exactly. And it's I mean, also hard to say because Obsidian is working on so much right now. So it's like what yeah. is being prioritized and and what how are they working their order of of launches? Like I don't know because they have so much going on. Yeah, they do. They have a ton of stuff at Obsidian. It's it's really cool to see actually, just because you know for such a long time they kind of had to focus well, not had to but spent their time focusing on CRPGs and like smaller scale projects a little bit uh, in terms of like you know a AAA game uh, just because of you know budget and things like that. It's really cool to see with the Microsoft ex- acquisition they can get into some more uh, meaty stuff as well. Not to say that the CRPGs aren't meaty, um, but just you know what I mean, a different kind of uh, level of budget in game. All right, let's talk about something else pretty cool. This happened earlier in the week, but we didn't uh, get around to it. So Amazon Studios is closing in on a deal that would lead to a Mass Effect TV series. Cool. Um, I know that uh, both Mike and Josh on the grooves here are big Mass Effect fans. I I think Matt and I are probably least qualified to talk about it because we have barely scratched the surface of Mass Effect. um, Or I think in Matt's case, you've never played Mass Effect? Correct. I don't think I've ever played Mass Effect. Yeah, I played maybe I've probably played maybe a combined 10 hours in my life. That's not true. I played a lot of it. I played like at least 10 hours of Andromeda recently, which is pretty funny. But uh, and I actually had a good time. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it makes sense. It's a pretty good property for TV, right, man? Yeah, I, I think the story of Mass Effect, from what I understand, obviously, I haven't played the games. It just seems like that works for a TV series, whether it's the actual story from the games or it's surrounding stories within that universe. It just feels mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica TV series esque sort of thing, um, just this space drama. It just seems like it would work, and this is this is how I would consume my Mass Effect. You know, I, I talked about how this reboot of the series, whatever is coming in the future, I am interested in that. Actually, I don't want to go back, and I've said before, but I, I would feel like obligated to play mass effect one and that's feels very outdated at this point so i don't i don't want to go back and do that as far as the future of the series you know they recently teased that you know they're working on stuff which they had already announced before so uh it was weird but anyway i am (laughs) looking forward to the future of the series and a modern version of mass effect is something that i'm excited about and maybe this sort of tv series they're thinking let's maybe have this going on at the same time as a potential future game release and maybe work those things together. I think that's very possible and I would love to see this happen. I think good video game adaptations specifically in the TV series format is something that we need. Oh, I don't want to say that we need it, but there are good <laughs> stories in video games that can be told in a way that larger audiences who don't play video games can also experience these these stories and these characters and and that's that's really what I want to see. I want to see these things that we love also being able to be loved by people who don't play video games. 
Yeah, I think it's totally fair. It, it really stems into it's like the Arcane show, right? I mean, like there's there's a ton of people. I would say the majority of people who watch that show who are making that like number one on Netflix uh, probably have never played a Runeterra game. Yeah, or like exactly. Legends, or probably actively hated League of Legends or someone they know who plays it. <laughs> but uh, that's not always true. But it's definitely true. I think it is possibly true for that game. And I think that the Netflix audience is very different than the League of Legends audience in a lot of ways. Uh, and yet... Uh, you know, that show's crazy popular and it brought a lot of characters that people love and stories that, you know, people they've only really scratched the surface on and, and gone further. And that obviously with Mass Effect, uh, that's it's a little bit different, whereas they didn't just have characters with like hints at lore, but rather deep, deep stories. So it wouldn't be the same thing as necessarily, you know, fleshing out stories. They wouldn't be doing that in the show. If anything, they'd be kind of um, honing them in a little bit. But it's still it's it's really cool to see that world uh, on a big screen. I think, you know, I think we're kind of lacking a big uh, flagship major sci-fi show yeah. uh, right now. You know, we have like stuff like The Expanse has popularity, but, you know, it's not picked up a lot. Um, the Orwell, stuff like that. It's like it's supposed to be better than a lot of new Star Treks, even though it's kind of like tongue in cheek. There's no like big like Battlestar Galactica or like new flagship major Star Trek. There's nothing, nothing like that right now. And I, and I think that this could be that. And that'd be really, really cool to check out. So a big budget one, too. Like, um, the, the only thing I can think of and Star Wars isn't really sci-fi. It's, it's like space fantasy, but like the Mandalorian's big, but that's, it's not the same thing. No, it's not because there's not like these epic, you know, thriving worlds. I, I don't think so much with like all of the high tech aspects, you know, it's more like, like you said, like a space fantasy. We see a lot more like deserty villages and stuff like that, which isn't necessarily, you know, the same as what you might see in like a high tech thing. So, Yeah. Definitely something to check out. We're excited for that. Probably a ways off, but still exciting. Uh, Epic Games uh, is introducing Epic Online Services. This is pretty cool. I was reading a bit about this this week. Uh, free online services for cross-platform play, authentication, multiplayer, voice chat, and more. This can be used with any game engine and... This is cool without Epic account services. So you don't have to use Epic. It's platform agnostic. So this is really, really cool. I saw, I actually saw indie devs on the Reddit thread and stuff for this saying like, hey, I've actually already been using Epic online services and without it, I wouldn't be able to have cross play with my small indie game. And it's really cool because it's helping to like bridge and make it bigger and make it grow better. Uh, yeah, this is really, really cool. Yeah, this sort of thing could actually make indie mmos like a reality almost obviously yeah hell yeah there's more that goes into the back end of mmos and obviously you're still talking about developing giant worlds and stuff I, i'm talking less theme park more sa uh sandbox type mmos but it makes that yeah. sort of thing an actual reality where they don't have to deal with all of the uh the server side stuff it would make it well i was gonna say much cheaper but in this case free and they don't have yep. to deal with the logistics and all that kind of stuff. So this is fantastic. I mean, this is only going to be good for indie game innovation going forward. And even not necessarily indies, but maybe smaller uh, devs who have already had some success, maybe looking to do a, a big multiplayer project, that sort of thing. So this is great news. Yeah, I think this is really cool news. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but like good on Epic. That's a that's a cool move. Uh, it doesn't really seem like them, but also, uh, you know, sometimes that's just kind of the way you do it with this corporate stuff, right? You you maybe you do something a little scummy or a little sketchy, and then you do something kind of that's like, you know, more popular and better for welfare. And then people go, oh, they're nice again. And you kind of you play that balance, right? So this is a, this is a nice guy move from Epic. Let's all say, you know, 
congrats good maybe if we congratulate them they'll, they'll do more i'll push them. back on that <laughs> a little bit because epic has always done really good things for developers with unreal engine yes. being free with the higher percentage cuts in the epic game store for developers and, and publishers so they have always been pretty good to devs and publishers and very friendly except when they rip off except when they rip off their ideas and well yeah that's true but you know what uh i don't know it was is among us in uh, unreal engine i don't know i think it's unity probably (laughs) all right let's uh let's move on here uh before we get uh some slander uh lawsuits let's actually speaking of lawsuits roblox sues banned cyber mob leader for terrorizing the platform uh, this is a pretty big story. I will admit I only kind of scratched the surface on this, but it seems like uh, someone was actually like hacking or causing some kind of like, you know, what, was it like DDoS attacks, that kind of stuff? Um, I, I don't know. But uh, they're seeking $1.6 million in damages, which is pretty, that's a pretty big deal. It's a lot of money from like the person that they're seeking it from, but for Roblox, it's like pennies. So it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah. I, I it feels like a personal yes, attack if, against this person, right? Because it's going to bankrupt like a single Exactly. Person. It feels like they're trying to make an example out of someone. So I, I, yeah. I feel like that's what's going on here more than anything else. They, they just want to make an example out of this guy and show like that they're not going to just lay down for this kind of stuff. So I don't really know the ins and outs of this. I don't know. The Roblox has like its own world and own community that is so yeah. closed off to. It's funny because you look at like... um with the reddit and stuff like the roblox subreddit is so small compared to even much smaller games there's just like not a lot of normal internet discussion around roblox it's so on the periphery but within the community it's massive and the game itself is massive so it's like where is this all happening (laughs) i have no idea i think it's in the bedrooms of children i guess so i think it's it's kids it's kids playing on their hand-me-down android phone that they have from their parents and they're sitting there and they're playing roblox on it that's the experience i've seen with a lot of kids at roblox uh and and they're the ones spending the money and they're the ones playing the games i i think that's earnestly a big part of it i'm not saying it's just kids that play roblox but i think that's partly why maybe we're not hearing about it so much because it's just kids playing it not not talking about it like we do as boring gaming adults yeah (laughs) probably that is probably the case all right, moving on. Final, I, I would call it story of the day, but uh, Game Awards creator Jeff Keighley looks ahead to December ceremony and says, quote, there's not a front runner. Well, uh, you know, that's uh, no big surprise. No big surprise here. I, I, I think uh, some people, you know, it, it became pretty clear to a lot of people going, you know, it's not because they're all the games are so amazing, though, Jeff. It's because no game really stands out as being incredible here. Yeah, Jeff, we know this. Um, I think if there is a front runner, it's probably Deathloop, just considering the the praise that it had at upon initial release and the marketing. I don't know. I think if you're looking for a underdog, it's maybe Psychonauts 2. I think Resident Evil Village just won a game of the year. Golden Joysticks. Yeah, so they won Golden Joysticks game of the year. So then... Obviously, probably not a front runner for game awards, but at least, you know, you've seen them win a game of the year award now. So I don't know. I've seen a lot. Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, 
a lot of people saying that the, the true underdog who deserves it more than any other game is It Takes Two. I've seen a lot of talk about that being like the, the big game that was different than every other game and really did something different this year. So I don't know if that means they're going to get it, but I've actually seen way more like groundswell of It Takes Two stuff. And I thought I thought that would be like a throwaway. And I will say, keep keep an eye on that because Joseph Farris also has that close relationship with Jeff Keighley's productions. He's been on the Game Awards multiple times. He has that famous quote where he's like, fuck the Oscars. So hmm. this is something to watch for. I think It Takes Two is a game that I really want to get to. I've been, it's on sale on PlayStation right now. The only thing is I need, I need yep. to buy a second controller for it so my wife can play with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, I think that's something to watch for. Yeah, I wonder if Ferris and Keeley and Hideo Kojima and maybe uh, Giancarlo Esposito just like get together and like throw back some drinks yeah. and play some play some games. That together. would be <laughs> an interesting room to be in, <laughs> to it say would the be least. Very interesting, very very interesting. Everyone be like, Giancarlo, you gotta stop talking, man. You gotta shut up. <laughs> you're going, you're going on and on. Um, we love your voice, man, but we're just we're just hanging out. Turn it off. Uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, really important as well uh, to check out the Game Grooves on December 5th, their all-encompassing gaming podcast that's our, uh, that comes out on Sunday, uh, December 3rd, of course, for Patreon supporters, because this is our big predictions show, which is really, really exciting. We are going to uh, do all our Game Awards predictions. We're going to go through every nomination, every category, and discuss what we think uh, each of us think will be the Game Awards winners. So pretty fun. That's going to be the bulk of that show. Uh, and I think it, you'll you'll all really like it and it'll be pretty funny. Uh, and also watch the Game Awards with us on December Thursday. <laughs> nine <laughs> Thursday. Imagine if Thursday was a month. What a world. Thursday, December 9th, while we stream it live on Twitch. You can watch it with us. We're going to co-stream. We're going to be on there. It's going to be a blast. Uh, hopefully we won't get copyright struck and uh, we'll have a great nah. time and we might even we might even be dressed up i think that's mm. uh part of the plan we're gonna we're really gonna get into it i think I, now you know this is the first year of the group so we're not we're not like throwing out hundreds of dollars for a tux rental but we're gonna i think we're gonna try our best to you know look our best on, on game awards night i think that's fair to say yeah right? totally you gotta look good for an award show you know you, you gotta dress mm -hmm. up you go to the after parties. Everyone's looking great. Yeah. So we're going to do that. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. We'll give more details as the event comes closer on GG replay. We'll, there's going to be some sort of pre-show that we'll do, whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, but we'll, we'll give you specific times and stuff uh, moving forward, but keep an eye on that. Yeah. We're still a little bit out here, but it's, it's creeping ever closer. Also, I wonder what the after party would be for the game awards. Like for us, I, I wonder, would, would it be like a really, would it be like a halo lobby? Ooh, afterwards? Yeah. That sounds we're all just... correct. Actually. That, I, I yeah, actually think right, that might like... be what ends up happening. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I really feel like we'll play some game awards or play some game awards, do some game awards, and then we'll, we'll all end up playing halo anyway. So, and, and if anyone wants to join us after, maybe that'll be something we do as well. So mm. all kinds of stuff. You never know. You never know what's going to happen on game awards night. It is a magic night. Hooray for Hollywood. All right, that is going to be it for today's episode of GG Replay. But before you head out of here, just a reminder that if you enjoyed this show, we do have a whole website, goodnightgroups.com, where we have this podcast, Game Groups, our all-encompassing gaming podcast, and also the blog and links to all of our socials. And also links to Southern Fried Groups, our fantastic brand new YouTube show that comes out Tuesdays and Saturdays. Don't forget to check that out. It is it is hilarious. It's been going great. Josh and Fave and Mike are doing a great job over there. So if, you know, if you're looking for a little laugh, they're only 10 minutes long. 
uh, check out Goodnight Grooves on YouTube and you can watch Southern Fried Grooves, which is a blast. Um, also, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnightgrooves. If you really, really like our content, we do have three... Um, three tiers uh, which is a dollar three dollars and five dollars three dollars does get you early access to our weekly podcast game groups normally it's on a sunday but you can get it on a friday uh, also if you're enjoying this podcast please consider dropping us a five-star review on apple podcasts it takes you about two seconds and it just totally makes our week so we would really really appreciate that and any reviews you guys leave uh, written reviews on a podcast app we will try our best uh, at least on apple uh, and spotify to uh, to read those out any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving all of what we do here at Goodnight Grooves because we know we do it for you we uh, and, and, and for ourselves. It's just fun. <laughs> but we also do do it for you. Matt, do you have anything else to say before we head out of here and go back to our uh, tea Gibby's festivities? I may leak the next Goodnight Groove show on my LinkedIn. We'll have to see. Oh, Oh hell yeah! All right, let's get let's get your your LinkedIn. We'll get that going. Uh, let's let's dox you if we can. Actually, I might leak the next Goodnight Groove show at my oh. house. My address is no. <laughs> this, this whole show has just been me doxing, making jokes about doxing us. All right, that is gonna be it for today's episode for Black Friday, uh, November twenty sixth, twenty. 21 we'll be back again i almost said 2077 on monday with a brand new episode of good night grooves uh gg replay but don't forget to check out southern fried grooves just one came out yesterday one's coming out on or one came out on tuesday one's coming out on saturday and game grooves is coming out on sunday it was a hilarious it was a really really good episode so you definitely want to check that out uh, and we will see you then good night grooves <laughs>